Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to a special patron-only episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, so, as you know, CBS All Access recently launched the new animated Star Trek series called Star Trek Lower Decks. And so as a special benefit to patrons, we're discussing our first impressions of each episode and sharing them exclusively first with you, our patrons. So this week's episode was called Temporal Edict. Uh, and uh, here's the the brief Overview is a a new work protocol issued by the uh, captain uh, eliminates buffer time and has the Cerritos crew running ragged as they try to keep up with their lightened schedules, quote unquote, or tightened schedules, put it another way. Uh, So Ensign Mariner and Commander Ransom, meanwhile, are on an away mission and things go wrong. (laughs) So Now, I will say that this episode should be shown for every manager training. You know, yeah. whether it is you're working retail or working in a corporate environment, this is should be shown to every manager as they're being trained. That's right. Jimmy? How not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, so there's our A plot, which is the Titan schedule, and our B plot, which is the away mission that goes wrong. Right, right. This is a pretty standard Star Trek uh, A and B plot. So it, I like the fact we begin with a parody of those violin concerts they were always having on the, the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, Boimler is playing a violin and doing a jig at the same time. And this is a thing. I oh, yeah. know two fiddlers who do that on my Morris dance wow. team. Uh, our fiddlers both have uh, learned they've they can do it either as a solo jig or as a double jig. But I love introducing Fiddler's Jig, which is the name of the routine they do. Uh-huh. Um, I'll be talking to the to the audience and at, we'll do it after we've done several dances, which are very energetic. And then I'll say to the audience now, thus far, the dancers have been um, have been, you know, out here being vigorous and the musicians have just been kicking back. I don't think that's fair. How would you <laughs> like to see the musicians play and dance at the same time. And of course, the crowd always wants that. Yep. And so the, then I introduce the one, the only Fiddler's Jig, and I bring him on. <laughs> and so this is a real thing. It was neat seeing it, even though the music is not as good. It was interesting <laughs> seeing a Fiddler's Jig on Star Trek. The crew doesn't seem all that impressed, by the way. They are a little unsure about <laughs> Boimless performance. That That's the thing I always get a kick out. I got a kick out of because, of course, in TNG, they always had you know, Rikers down there playing jazz or, you know, the, the, the classical music, uh, or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And it's, and everybody's all excited by it. It's so wonderful. And here it's just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> and then Mariner and uh, Devon attendee show up with electric guitar and drums and they go like heavy metal that it's so loud. It's heard not just throughout the ship, but even outside the ship on the Klingon ship that's nearby. <laughs> over, over Are you mocking us with this base? <laughs> what is the meaning of this outrageous base? Are you mocking me? <laughs> so and that's the teaser. It doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of the episode. They, they kind of end with, with her. The, 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 poor, the poor Klingon engineer, though, they get 
gets you killed get... because of the calm problem. Oh, yeah. it must be on your side. Kill him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, one thing that kind of comes to is, is Captain Freeman, the, the captain here, is uh, she seems very angry all the time. I guess that's the the uh, the her character arc or her character mm-hmm. Trait. Uh, trait that they are trying to portray is she's always angry. She's really upset about the time all the time, and she's always thinking that no one's respecting her. So that's uh, that comes through the rest of the episode. That that's one bit that plays through. Uh, so uh, after the the teaser, we come in after the credits. We we get the real idea, which is Cerritos is en route to Cardassia for uh, a peace treaty peace. between somebody and somebody else. And uh, but it but they get interrupted at this point. I love the the so the admiral gets on the phone and tells the captain that we've rescheduled this peace conference for Vulcan. And I love the reason she gives it's because the Cardassians are creeping everybody out. (laughs) 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 And uh, and so you'll just, uh, Captain, have to wait for the next once in a lifetime peace conference. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, you have to go make second contact with uh, Gelrak 5 and uh, deliver some diplomatic trinkets, as she's told. (laughs) I couldn't when he when she said diplomatic trinkets, I couldn't help you reminded of triumphal ornaments which were a thing that they had in ancient rome in ancient mm. rome if you had a major military victory they could vote you a triumph which was yeah. like a major public celebration of your victory yeah but mm-hmm. eventually they started restricting the triumph to only members of the imperial family mm. and so what do you ha- what do you do if you have a general who wins something that used to would have gotten a triumph but now we're restricting those to members of the imperial family well you reward them not by giving them a triumph but by giving them triumphal ornaments <laughs> Right. And yeah. and so I just couldn't diplomatic trinkets reminded me of triumphal ornaments. That's funny. <laughs> so at this point, Captain Freeman is convinced that Starfleet doesn't take Cerritos seriously, that uh, they don't do enough to earn the respect that they deserve and that the crew is uh, probably slacking on their job. So we kind of we've set up the A plot here. Uh, meanwhile, in the brig, Mariner, Boimler, Tendi and uh, Rutherford, there are four main characters. They're working are, on they're, they're slacking on their job. Right. Well, they've, they're fixing yeah. the force fields of the cells. And yeah. then they're like, OK, we're done now. Let's hang out and you know relax. And we get this famous idea that Scotty first proposed, which is yep. always quadruple your time estimates for how long a job's going to take so that they think you're a, a miracle worker when you get it done early. Well, they've taken it to the next level, which is so we can we can slack off and, and, and be lazy and not do the next thing that we have to do. Uh, <laughs> and just waste time. time. Right. So because. they have buffer time. So uh, Captain Freeman goes on a, uh, a, a rampage through the ship because she hears someone refer to buffer time, a crewman. And she, and so she says uh, she corners Boimler and gets him to tell her what buffer time is. Cause he's typical. Like I want to follow the rules. I'm a good Starfleet officer and I'm, I'm always going to do the thing the captain says to do. And he blaps. Uh, he, he can't help it. And she issues an order that um, that no buffer time, that everyone's going to have a, a, a really short period of time to get every task done. And that's that. And, and, and so from now on, no more buffer time. I, I like the line she used when uh, she saw the, the two ends is just kind of slowly walking. It's like, don't be in a hurry. It's not like we're exploring the galaxy or anything. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, after a week, we we skip ahead a week, and after a week, everyone is now run ragged, uh, except for except Boimler. Boimler. <laughs> yeah, Boimler loves it. Yeah, yeah, he loves being timed on every task. He's that he's that guy that you work with. You know, he, he's uh, the workaholic. He's he's the one. It's like you know, if I'm not doing two tasks, I'm I'm slacking. Right. Uh, nobody can get their TPS reports filed on time, and so they're so they're uh everything's going wrong. I mean, this is obviously right from this, from the get go, this is a bad idea making people run to do things in not enough time because it means they're not going to get the job done properly. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Mariner uh, is, is tasked with going on an away mission with commander ransom, the first officer, this diplomatic mission to Gelrak five. Uh, uh, but because they're being run ragged, they bring the wrong peace totem and that starts a war with these crystal spear people. And, uh, they get imprisoned. They have to pick a champion to fight the Galrickian champion. And, uh, it, 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 there's this argument between ransom and Mariner about who gets to be the champ, the, the one to fight the champion. You know, uh, Mariner c- contends that ransom's too much of the straight laced, you know, uh, guy who follows rules. Uh, whereas she's got the scars to prove that she's got, she's willing to put it all out there and got experience. Uh, because she and, always and she, she and she knows how to fight in a way he doesn't. Right. Is the argument. She fights to win. Uh, and uh, and so he, he says, you know, you're right. And then stabs her in the foot with the crystal spear <laughs> so that she can't fight. Uh, meanwhile, the Galrickians have uh, launched an invasion, a boarding party. These people armed with spears who have starships to uh, yeah. to invade the, the, the Cerritos. And so. Because everybody's so run ragged from the strict scheduling, they're they're too tired to repel the the borders. They, they just they just don't even bother. They just keep doing whatever they are doing. Well, they don't even worry about the border. And the, and the captain tells them to. She says, "Resist the invaders, but do not stop your current tasks. You have to do <laughs> both now." Right. So they they do, they multitask on the Enterprise, don't you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. They bring that up. We have the Enterprise name drop. Uh, I also, before we move on, I want to note that this is supposed to be a second contact mission, and they are, and this is something they've said before that they did this when they visit in the first episode where they made second contact with people, and Ransom both times has referred to these people just having been brought into the Federation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like. That's not how it would work. You <laughs> no. don't meet somebody and immediately bring them into the Federation. You meet somebody and then you have second contact, maybe go on a few dates, have some premarital counseling, and then you get hitched. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, you don't elope the first time you meet. That's a bad idea. Uh, so uh, Ransom has to have this battle, the Galrickian champion, who looks a lot like the Hulk. This is a throwback to Thor Ragnarok, really. I felt like this was a, uh, hmm. a, a, a feel of that. So Vin, Vindor, but except Vindor, the Galrickian champion, he he's actually thoughtful. And he says to the to his leader, you know, maybe we could judge people, I don't know, by a jury of their peers, based on a constitutional body of laws. Like, no, we should judge people based on com- trial by combat. He's like, all right. <laughs> so uh death race oh. <laughs> death race is what they come up with next uh so in the ransom's battle with vindor he throws away his sword and uses the classic i don't know if you notice it's a classic kirk oh, yeah. two-fist oh, pummeling yeah. method which, it just beats the heck out of him with it <laughs> yes but uh, this is how you fight apparently is you put your two fists together and you pummel the other guy with it that's like it's kirk always won every battle that way uh, uh Bo- boimler meanwhile on the on the ship 
goes to free the captain and he's like, okay, this is wrong. I love being timed because it works for me. And uh, I, I'm so good at it, but nobody else can do this. So he says, for the good of the ship, we have to loosen up, but we have to let the crew figure out how to get the job done the best way they can without saying you have 60 seconds to do every task. Uh, and Boimler loves rules and regulations, but the, the captain says, I'm going to institute a new rule, the Boimler effect, which will encourage shortcuts and prevent people from blindly following rules, which is the opposite of what Boimler wants. Uh, attached to his name. Yes, attached exactly. to his name. I mean, it's what he wants the ship to do, but he not uh, not in his name. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So well, it's great. As, as soon as the captain says, "Figure it out yourself. Do do the things best." All of a sudden, everybody immediately is they're throwing pads. They're they're attacking. I think you saw the the side jump where the you know, basically they throw their bodies at other at the invaders. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The they like, easily repel the invaders at this point. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ransom and Mariner have returned to the Ransom you know, won his battle. And so Ransom and Mariner are back on the ship. Mariner's in the sick bay getting her foot fixed. Uh, she thinks he's going to court-martial. Well, he, no, he thinks she's going to bring charges against him for stabbing her because that's what you would do. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's sort of attracted to him now for like some yeah, weird reason. Yep. We've got a budding romance between them. They're both attracted to each other. Right, right. And so she says, no, I won't. I won't uh, bring charges. You did the thing that was right, you know, to, that break the rule in order to, to accomplish the goal. And he says, oh, thanks. That's really great. All right, boys, throw her in the break for rolling up her uniform sleeves because <laughs> he had told yeah. her to unroll her <laughs> uniform sleeves earlier. And she's like, what? This is the classic, like the uh, the uh, parable of the unjust judge. You know, the yeah. <laughs> or was it the unjust judge or the uh, the, the guy with the debt? No, That's it was what it is. The, 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 the servant. Right, with the servant debt. Who, servant who was forgiven much mm, and yeah. didn't forgive the one who... Yeah. <laughs> so, so as she's being thrown, uh, th taken away to be thrown on the bridge, and she's uh, throwing all kinds of verbal abuse at him, and then he and kind of... And kicking stuff. Yes, and and he's thinking about how uh, she's uh, attractive for some reason now. Um, and then uh, Boimler gets assured that no one will ever remember the Boimler effect. That's it's 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 it, It'll be forgotten in a few months. And then we get a far future in the far yep. future of the Federation. They remember him as the laziest, most corner cutting Starfleet officer in history. Yep. And, and, which is what would happen if you yep. have a law like that named after someone, which yep. is exactly why he didn't want it named after. Him. Right. Exactly. I like, so we see, have this scene with a teacher, you know, instructing a, a class of children and there's it and they're little children of different races, including a Borg. Yes. There's a little Borg yep. child there. So apparently the Borg are in the Federation now. <laughs> and she's and she's got this huge golden statue, which is actually modeled off of a classic Superman cover. Right. Where you have you have Boimler with a big eagle sitting on his outstretched arm. And only he's got this painful expression on his face, like the <laughs> eagle's claws are hurting him. Right. And and then she says, but that's enough about Boimler. Now let's talk about the most important person in the history of the Federation. And the statue shimmers and you're going, who is this going to be? Chief Miles O'Brien. And it's like, Standing at yes, his console. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> O'Brien is the key to everything. Yes. <laughs> Which, by by the way, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, the, the webcomic Chief O'Brien at Work is absolutely hilarious. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard of that one. I have to check it out. It, it's all like single, you know, single frame or, you know, single room Panel. things where he's standing at his console and, you know, oh, there's an emergency. Oh, I can, I can help out. Oh no, just stay there at the transporter. You're fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
So well, it, it's 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 an interesting one. It, it's funny. That's good. Um, yeah. It, so and that, actually, I saw a comment that yeah. you know, Chief O'Brien's a good example of you know who would be the most important because he goes from like nobody, just kind of an in, you know or an enlisted to right. you know, of course you know chief engineer DS nine and things like that. So. He pretty much saves the Federation you know against the Dominion several times, yeah. single handedly. Yep. Uh, so, uh, that's the episode. Any, any final notes on the, this, this episode of Lower Decks, it, Father Corey? It, uh, it's interesting that all the, the shuttles are named after California national parks, at least that we've seen so far. We've right. seen Yosemite mm-hmm. and we've seen Death Valley. <laughs> Death Valley. So, so in other words, uh, the shuttles are all Mac OS. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm waiting for Mojave and Catalina uh, to come up. That should be good. <laughs> Jimmy? Nope. All right, so that uh, that does it. Uh, we want to take a moment to thank you, our patrons, who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. We could not do this without your continued financial support, so thank you. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, so what do you think of this episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, Temporal Edict? Let us know by visiting this post on Patreon and leaving some feedback, or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. You can always subscribe to The Secrets of Star Trek by visiting sqpn.com slash trek. Until next time, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me in sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, and live long and prosper. Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you very much. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest, and remember, it's buffer time. Buffer time.